Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners, and all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. Hi, welcome back to the Table for One podcast. I am so excited to share my interview that I had with Jackie, who is cooking for one. But before I introduce Jackie, I wanted to share an exciting uh, program that I have coming up in early February. So starting February 10th, I will be hosting a five-day-long meal planning challenge. This, this challenge is free and available to anybody who's interested. Um, it's just going to be, you know, like every day, little prompts, and and by the end of it, we're going to be cooking something and talking about it and figuring out how to make cooking for yourself at home easier and work in your own life as opposed to you know, structuring your life or working your life around meal planning. And, um, if you are interested in signing up for it or learning more about this program, again, it's free, which is really awesome. I'm excited to be able to offer that to you, but if you're interested in learning more about it or signing up, head over to my Instagram account. The reason I'm sending you there is because the the URL, the website is a little bit complicated. So just head over to NNC underscore table for one on Instagram and then click on the link in my profile. And then down at the bottom, there will be a link to go to the subscribe page. And that's where you can, um, join in to be able to be a part of that challenge and also learn more about it if you have any questions or are just curious about it. So there is that. And let's, um, I'm going to give a quick intro to Jackie. So Jackie is my guest today. She is a 26-year-old software and web developer based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. She works about 40 hours a week and loves traveling, playing the piano, going to the beach, exploring big cities, and cycling when she's got time off. So without further ado, here is Jackie. All right. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for, so much for joining me today. Hi, Becca. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's just get started. Tell me a little bit about what it was like eating at your house as you grew up. Um, so I felt like my experience was a bit unique. I come from a uh, diverse kind of family background. My mom is from Japan and my dad is from the States. He's from California as well. Um, and so it was kind of this really interesting, unique blend of like Asian fusion and Japanese food and then like American European type foods. Um, and so like typically my mom would cook dinner almost every night or like every other night, depending on if we have leftovers or not. Um, but like I said, a lot of her food was Japanese food because um, she's from Japan. And so um, we'd have like rice a lot of the time with miso soup and then some kind of seafood. Um, I've had probably almost every kind of fish on the planet at this point of my life. And <laughs> we do a lot of noodle dishes as well. And so that was kind of, I guess, the basics of what I grew up eating as a kid at home. That's awesome. What are there any particular dishes that your um, either of your parents brought from their background that you really like? Um, I think with my mom, it's very basic, but I always loved just her like basic miso soup. And then she'd always do some kind of fish. 
Um, and like a lot of the type of fish you would do is more the smaller kind of fish, like sardine or like mackerel or something of that sort. And she just like roast it as like a whole fish. And I think for a lot of people, that's kind of disgusting because you have like this entire fish in front of you, like the head and the eyeballs and everything. Um, and like, I didn't eat like the eyeballs and that stuff, but like, we, it was just like very fresh and just, I loved eating that kind of basic meal growing up. Um, and then for my dad, um, with him, he, we have, have a lot of German backgrounds. And so he really gets into a lot of German dishes. And so a classic German dish he'd make is this like potato sausage soup. And it's amazing. It's kind of like this potato chowder type soup consistency. That all sounds so good. I, I kind of laughed when you talked about the fish because um, I didn't grow up eating seafood. And my I started to a little bit later, you know, like in college and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my family went to Thailand a couple of years ago, and we kept seeing these whole fishes um, in these, like, little, you know, like, s- sidewalk um what sword restaurants uh-huh. and the whole time I'm like oh I don't know if I could eat that I don't know if I'd want to eat that well it turned that turned out to be one of my favorite meals so I get that it's they're so flaky and fresh and it's mm-hmm. I mean that kind of fish is so good yeah agreed yeah well and Japanese food too is just so so simple but a lot of those recipes are pretty complicated aren't they Yeah, it's really true. Like, they don't have too many ingredients when it comes to most Japanese food, Mm -hmm. but it does require, I like, I don't know how to put it. It's just, it's very, it's a delicate type of food mixture. And so you have to be very precise and know what you're doing or else it will not turn out how it should be turning out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because at least for myself, I don't, I'm curious what like your cooking style is now, but that's like precision and cooking is hard for me. I don't have the patience for that. (laughs) What about you? Yeah. Yeah. Same. I mean, I guess it just depends on how much time I have. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays, since I work a lot and I don't have as much time at home to just sit down and like cook a nice meal, um, I'll just kind of throw things together and be like, I think this, like, spices and these things will work. Um, but when I have the time, I definitely will, like, sit myself down, make sure I have the ingredients, measure things out, um, and make sure that I'm not going over or under when it comes to preparing. Usually it is the Japanese food that would take me a little longer to cook. So. Oh, okay. Are, do, you, yeah. do you cook any of the dishes that your mom made for you growing up? Do you cook those very often? Um, I don't cook it a lot of them too often but I do do miso soup a lot because that is actually pretty simple Mm -hmm. I think the only tricky part with miso soup is making sure that you don't put too much miso paste because the miso paste is very salty um and so you kind of and there's no exact measurement as to how much water per miso paste depending on the miso paste brand and so it's kind of like a trial and error and just like trying a bit of the soup um broth and seeing if it's you know at the right consistency that you want yeah yeah that's a good point and I think a lot of cooking is that way anyways because you know recipes are developed in a kitchen that's probably not like yours not like mine or anybody else's almost and so you know even even if you do have something that you've made before or you know that kind of makes sense in your head maybe it still um could turn out a number of different ways (laughs) Definitely. So 
we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but tell me about you, like how you feel about cooking now. Is it something that you enjoy doing? What are your, what are your feelings about cooking? So I do love to cook um, and I love to bake as well. Um, but as I've kind of mentioned before, it's a little difficult time-wise since I do work 40-hour weeks. Um, and sometimes I have either social events or other type of events that go on in the evenings. And so for me, I like to do usually meal prep if I can, but a lot of the time I'm not great about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, it's, I do like to cook, but it's definitely harder as a person on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also hate doing dishes. And so that's another thing that I I do not like doing when it comes to the aftermath of cooking. Oh, I feel like that's really universal. The cooking part is kind of fun. And then you finish your meal and you look in the kitchen and it's like, (laughs) it's a disaster (laughs) zone. And I don't know about you, but I, one of the more recently, especially I've realized that a huge barrier for me in like taking a, a few minutes to cook is what my kitchen looks like. Like if I've got a ton of dishes on the, you know, in the sink in my kitchen, like I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to want to add to that or to like have to move them off the stove to then make something else. Definitely. It's hard. So tell me a little bit about meal prep. Have you found methods that make things really easy for you for prepping ahead of time? Yeah. So kind of what the system I have down now that works for me personally is Mm -hmm. I usually try to just stick with a veggies and then some kind of protein base. And so um, a lot of times I'll go to like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods or Safeway, just a local grocery store in my area mm-hmm. um, and buy like, I usually go for like spinach or kale, Brussels sprouts. I like more grainy leafy type veggies, but I do sometimes try to like do seasonal veggies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find with veggies, if I don't, like, meal prep and cook them ahead of time, they're just going to rot in my fridge because I don't, like, mentally, I'm like, I want veggies. Let me go to my fridge and eat veggies right now. Um, and so I like to just take the time to just saute them in salt and pepper. Sometimes with Brussels sprouts, I like to saute them in um, apple cider vinegar with a little bit of extra spicy mustard that you can find. And I find it at um, World Market, which is just like this international marketplace in my area um, because it comes from Germany. And so that's kind of like a nice little variation to like Brussels sprouts, especially if you don't like the berries. Like I feel like sometimes it can be a bit bitter for a lot of people. And so it kind of helps distract the bitterness from the Brussels sprouts. But yeah, I do that. And then usually while I'm sauteing and cooking up my veggies that I want for my meal prep, um, I try and cook most of the protein also. And so um, I have an air fryer that I got and this air fryer saves my life. And I can just literally throw in salmon, chicken, um, whatever it is that I want to cook. And it will just pop in there. It cooks about 20 to 30 minutes, depending on what type of meat it is. And it comes out very tender and juicy. That sounds so good. That's such a great tip because I think a lot of times, um, well, I, I guess I'll have to ask you first. So do you do you take time um, and cook that's like not bef- in preparation for eating, if that makes sense? So instead of like, oh, I'm getting hungry, so I'm going to make Brussels sprouts and like cooking a bunch of them, or do you um, cook a bunch of them and then put them straight in the fridge and then eat them later? 
Yeah, I usually cook a bunch of them and then just put them in the fridge and then eat it later because I like I'm also kind of a snack type person where I'm always like I get hungry at such random times of the day and usually it's not on normal meal time hours. And so for me, I have to have something stocked up in my fridge or with me. Um, so that I'm not just eating a bunch of like junk all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. And I, I, I really, I, the idea of prepping the vegetables ahead of time really resonates with me. Cause that's what I feel like lately, partly because my kitchen's been so messy, but partly because <laughs> I haven't been eating a lot of them because I don't, I've got broccoli in a bag that I was gifted after Thanksgiving. But I, you know, I mean, that takes a it doesn't take much at all, but it's just like two steps too far, I feel like. So that's such a great, it's a great tip that I need to implement right now. <laughs> and also going back to your Brussels sprouts recipe, I wrote that down. That sounds really good. And I have all, of, I don't have spicy mustard, but I've got Dijon, which would probably be good yeah. for itself. And I think at, adding something, <clears throat> excuse me, like apple cider vinegar can adding that like tanginess or tartness can help with the bitterness with the Brussels mm-hmm. sprouts, like you said. So I think that's yeah. a smart idea. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Do you tell me a little bit about motivation for prepping? Like, do you, is it hard to find motivation to, to do that ahead of time? Have you found anything that's helpful to motivate yourself to prep? Yeah. So motivation is definitely something I am working on when it comes to just food prep in general. I'm not a huge fan of having to like write up a list to go to a grocery store. And I feel like a lot of times, at least in my case and experience, it's really difficult to just go to one store and find everything that you want. Um, And also like, I'm all about finding deals and bargains. And so if I know one place that's just another like few minutes down the road has cheaper produce or meat or whatever it is, then I'll just go to that store as well. But it just takes up time, usually, and time sometimes can be something that I don't have a lot of these mm-hmm. days. And so I think that's honestly a huge thing that sometimes makes me less motivated to want to like go out and get the food and then come back home and put everything in the fridge and then finding time to want to cook these things. And sometimes it's just hard for me to decide, what do I even want to eat this week? Or what am I feeling like eating Um, that, you know, is nutritional and is enough of all the proteins and carbs and everything else that my body needs to keep me healthy so that I don't wither away from starvation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good point because I think for some people, like, eating is an afterthought. And, um, you know, I mean, eating is this kind of delicate balance of, like, feeding your, your body nourishing foods because food is, like, literally fuel and you know you get nutrients from the food for your body function like to work functionally but then also food and especially following like certain ways of eating long term whatever that is is about enjoyment and so you have to find that balance of like eating foods that you enjoy but also that are going to like leave your body feeling good physically and then also um, get what you need. So it's it is kind of a delicate balance, and it's different for everybody. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Um, have you? I'm trying to think. I've, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. But yeah, that's those are great points. Thanks for bringing those up. So let's talk about cooking for one. Um, are there is there anything that you really enjoy about it? 
I love that there's a lot of freedom involved. It's not like I'm trying to please someone else with some extravagant meal that I can make or um, if someone else is a picky eater, I don't have to worry about their allergies or things that they're picky about. And it's solely just, what do I want to eat? But I think since growing up, that wasn't generally the case because, like, I had a younger brother who was a super picky eater. Uh-huh. And both my parents always, like, did so many varieties and different types of food and, you know, based on my home ethnic background that sometimes I find that in difficult for me to like decide on what it is that I do want to like cook and make because it's just for one person and so it's just sometimes that mental like change of knowing oh wow like like, I just need enough to feed myself for the week and I don't have to worry about another person Um, it's kind of weird but also like I said freeing and you're kind of like wow like what what do I want to put in my body for this week yeah, yeah. And I think at least for me, as of recently, I'm working on getting things all ready for this huge project next week. And so I don't, it's, I think at least in my experience, it's nice to have the freedom to like not feel obligated to put any effort into dinner if you don't have yeah. the time or the desire to, too. Like I, again, it's after Thanksgiving and my cousins were in town and my cousin gave me a bunch of, of food that they didn't eat. And so I'm like, okay, well, I've got like, all of these sausages that I'm going to eat. Okay. I've literally had them twice a day for the past four days and now I'm done with them. And I'm like, okay, I'm a little excited to try something else, but there's like no expectations, which is nice because if you were feeding kids, I think especially, you know, they're not going to want to eat that all the time. And it's nice to have that freedom. Like you said, such, such a good thing. (laughs) Are there any other aspects that you like about um, cooking for one? Um, I think also it's just nice because, like I said, I kind of have, like, weird eating. Like, I'm not always hungry when generally people will have breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Oh, yeah. And so for me, it's just really nice because I can pace myself as to what I want to eat when I want to eat. And so, like, it's not like I have to be like, all right, dinner's at 6. Everyone come to dinner at 6. It can be like, all right, dinner's at 5 because you're starving and stuff. And so that's kind of also really nice is I can just set the pace and the schedule um, and also just like the amount of food that I want to be eating during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is such a good point. It does. It makes things a lot easier um, because you don't, yeah, you don't have to worry about anybody else's. Um, So let's talk about like normal weeks. You've talked about this a little bit with your meal prepping, but um, are there certain foods that you eat over and over again? What, what does your normal week look like in terms of eating yeah so I guess I did kind of touch on it earlier but uh, I think growing up a lot of Asian dishes have a lot of veggies in them Um, and so I've always learned to like have a lot of vegetables with your meals and so a lot of times I'll go for like broccoli or spinach Um, lately I've been doing sweet peas because they've been kind of in season at the moment Mm -hmm. Um, and Brussels sprouts are another great thing. Um, and I usually like go for those type of veggie carrots and potatoes. And like, I'm not a huge, like, oh, actually I don't really like carrots if I'm being quite honest. So Mm -hmm. I like stay away from them and potatoes, like they're okay. But yeah, I prefer more of the greeny type veggies. So I usually buy a lot of that almost like every week if I can. 
Um, but usually it's like every other week because a lot of these green type veggies, they come in like really huge portion sizes. Like a broccoli head is really huge or they come in like those bags of like Brussels sprouts can come in like huge bags. I'm like, I'm not going to be eating four cups of Brussels sprouts in a week. So, <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, that's usually my motivation for why I have to cook them so that they can last a little longer in the fridge. Um, but yeah, so usually I do that. And then when it comes to meat, um, I am kind of basic. I usually just go for either like salmon, shrimp, chicken. I'm not a huge red meat person um, plus I don't really enjoy cooking red meat. Um, and so I don't usually go for a lot of the red meat. And so usually it's just like I like tofu because I grew up eating a lot of tofu. Um, so tofu, shrimp, salmon, and chicken are usually my go-to. And with the salmon and um, chicken, I like to cook those in the air fryer just because it always turns out really moist. And I can have that just going while I'm doing other things. And I don't have to worry about, like, flipping it or making sure it has enough sauce or whatever it is that I'm putting on um, those meats. And then shrimp, I usually do just cook it in a pan with, like, fresh garlic, salt, pepper, and olive oil. Um, and then tofu, that can be a bit tricky. Usually with tofu, I will do some kind of like veggie stir fry thing with the tofu and just put it up in cubes and throw it into a stir fry of like celery, broccoli, peas, um, and just kind of do that. So those are great tips. I think, um, you're you're making me want an air fryer really bad because that sounds so easy but yeah I mean it, it it makes things a lot more simple to have kind of those basics like figured out and have those on hand and then you can you know adjust like seasoning and whatever based off of what sounds good or what you've got I did have another question about vegetables because um, as you've talked about that's something that you really enjoy and you like to incorporate well actually I have one point and then I will ask a question so um I like that you brought up that you don't like carrots and you don't eat those I think especially when it comes to vegetables and these foods that we consider to be quote-unquote healthy um a lot of you know you hear all the time like oh I don't like that food or like oh I have to eat it but you know know that you don't have to like everything and you don't have to eat the foods that you don't like even if there's something that has a major health halo at the time or, you know, whatever it is. Like there's no expectation because we all can do what we want. And so I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) And then my question about vegetables. So do you, so you already talked about like prepping the vegetables ahead of time, but is there anything else that you do consistently or that you found to be really helpful to help you make, like to incorporate vegetables to make that um, a part of thing, like without having to think about it or to make it easier to include vegetables? Because I know that that's something that a lot of people um, struggle with. You know, they want to eat more vegetables, but just the process of like making them or whatever is enough to not get them to eat them, I guess. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Um, I guess there's like a few things I with that um I mean like like I said growing up my mom always had veggies around but it was Mm -hmm. more like the leafy type of veggies and she'll put them in like some kind of like soup broth type of thing that was like an Asian based kind of soup or whatever it was um but I guess for me um 
I, I feel like also a lot of more European-based recipes and whatnot, they usually tend to go with very basic and minimal vegetables. Like I said, it was it, I felt like it was always just potatoes and carrots and peas and just like that type of kind of veggie based. Mm-hmm. And so I love, especially with like Asian foods or even I feel like as more people kind of dive into all the different varieties of vegetables. I mean, you have like several different types of leafy greens. You have kale, spinach, um, all different types of lettuce and cabbage. And then you have like Brussels sprouts. And then you also have, um, this is probably more of the Asian side of stuff, but I really love uh, bean sprouts, I think is what they're called in English. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, I love bean sprouts and just like boiling them and having that with like salads or as like a side dish to like a salmon or shrimp. Um, I love eating bean sprouts. Um, I also love like, usually I try to bring like a bag of veggies to snack on when I'm at work. And so usually a part of my meal prep, um, a lot of veggies that I like to eat that I feel like can have like kind of a veggie taste, but it's not overwhelming where you're like, ew, I feel like I'm eating rabbit food (laughs) would be like bell peppers, but more specifically red, yellow and orange bell peppers because they have more of a sweeter crisp taste compared to just straight up green bell peppers which I feel the green ones are probably better off just for cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other colors are great for just snacking on and eating just fresh and you don't have to cook them. Um, I also love like tomatoes and also cucumbers. But here's the thing with cucumbers. So cucumbers growing, like I feel like most cucumbers are nasty because they have a lot of seeds in them and they have like this weird kind of watery inside texture a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and I kind of like my cucumbers to be very hard and crunchy because I just think veggies are fun to crunch on Mm -hmm. and so and it it gives me the idea of also like eating chips or something more unhealthy but it's not and so um what a lot of Japanese use when it comes to cucumbers is an English cucumber it's longer it's not as thick um but the inside is not very seedy and it's not a very watery consistency either it's very hard it's easy to crunch i mean that's usually the cucumbers that they use when they make sushi as well because it's a harder kind of cucumber so it can stay in the roll and not kind of slide out that's such a good point i i like english cucumbers um better because they don't have the waxy really thick and sometimes really bitter skin too Mm -hmm. um so they're yeah if you don't particularly like if you know if anybody's listening and doesn't particularly like cucumbers then english cucumbers can be a great option because they're just all the things that you said that's such that's such a great idea and i think you know thinking about the fact that different vegetables have different amounts of sugar in them. And this is not to say like any are better than others or, or less healthy than others, but just knowing that maybe the sweeter ones will be more enjoyable to eat when you're just eating them raw or if you're Mm -hmm. dipping them in something. So that's a really great point. That's awesome. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about, um, like cooking or meal hacks that you have? Is there anything that you do to make cooking easier for yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I can be a walking, talking advertisement for an air fryer. Yeah. But my like family got our first air fryer about like 
three years ago, I think. And that was when I was kind of introduced to the whole air fryer concept. And generally, when you like hear the word fryer, you're thinking, oh, okay, so it's like frying up fries or like something that's more like something you put in oil to fry. Uh-huh. Um, but an air fryer can definitely cook pretty much anything you want. And it has a lot of different settings. And so I use the meat setting because I normally just use it for meat. Um, and like I said, the settings have been great. I've never had any meat burns. I just leave it in there with whatever seasoning I want. And it comes out great every single time. Um, that's, such so, a, that's great. Yeah. And I yeah. think, too, for a lot of people, like cooking food, especially meat, can be really intimidating. So to have something that you can rely on to, like, cook it well every time and for it, like, as cheesy as it is but that old um that infomercial set it and forget it like that's what you can do and that's (laughs) makes life a lot easier (laughs) it really does so yeah so that's kind of I guess the a huge game changer for me because before like I hate cooking meat I think like I hate blood so like just seeing like animal blood is really gross and it's just like I never really liked the concept of like having to like chop up or cook up just raw meat and watching it cook in front of me so just putting it in like this container and having it just be cooked on its own has been really convenient and like a lifesaver for me um and I also when it comes to meal hacks like I said I do I try to do meal prep as much as possible usually Sundays are the best for me because it's the least uh amount of like extra activities that I have on that day and so I make time to do that um, but I mean, also with like meal hacks and like food prep and whatnot, um, I think just like whenever you're out going grocery shopping and you come back, try to like organize in your fridge or even just doing it right then and there, what days and when you want to eat and cook things because it saves you time later for when you kind of get stuck and you're like okay I have all this food in my fridge what the heck am I doing with it or like how am I going to successfully be able to use all this food up and so I usually like to just like bag things up or cook it right after I buy it um unless usually that's like on a Saturday and then at least it's like they're ready and so I can just throw it on the stove and cook it right after that's, I am so glad that you brought that up. That's something that when I'm working with people one-on-one, we talk about a lot because meal planning can be so overwhelming, but it really, like the most helpful thing about it in my mind is the fact that you're like thinking ahead at the week and you're able to like plan on the days that you might have more time and then to cook something to have leftovers later. And then you're not going to have like this expectation of making, spending even like 20 minutes in the kitchen on a day where you literally have no time. And so that helps you like eat up the food that you have, not get so stressed about it. And, um, you can save a lot of effort and frustration that way. So I think that's great. Well, it's been so fun chatting with you. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that we haven't talked about so far? Um, I think overall those we've hit pretty much all the main topics, but yeah, I'm, I love that you're kind of doing this whole project and I think it's great for those of us that do have to kind of plan and think about cooking for one person, that it's a really great opportunity for us to kind of hear each other and kind of know what other people do because it does kind of take a work and it's kind of a science to figure out how can we minimize and make things minimalistic for those of us that just have to feed ourselves? 
especially because I feel like in this day and age with just how the grocery stores are and just in general, it's more meant for two or more people. And so it's nice to kind of have these ideas and learning more about what other people do in order to just, you know, stay within budget and feed themselves with nutritious food. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I like to do this. It's fun to have this com- these conversations. Um, but I think even more like for those of us who are cooking for ourselves, it's nice to hear from different people to see, oh, like this little part might help me or I can relate a lot to that, which you can't quite do if you're just listening to one person. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thanks so much. I think there's a lot that, um, I love your tips about incorporating vegetables and really, um, like prepping those ahead of time so then you don't have to think about it later and gosh the air fryer it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks so much for joining me today jackie all right thank you so much becca bye bye thanks so much for listening to the table for one podcast with rebecca If you're cooking for one or know somebody who is, make sure to subscribe to the Table for One podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you can stay up to date on new episodes that will help you make cooking for one easier and more enjoyable. Feel free to continue the conversation over at in the Table for One Facebook group. You can also find recipes or work with Rebecca over at nourishnutritionblog.com or honestly the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. My handle is NNC underscore table for one. And you can click on the link of my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week.